0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the service today. It's good to have you with us, either in your home or in your lounge room, wherever it might be. We welcome the people in Nil as well and are grateful to have you guys with us. And wherever this video goes, may the Lord bless you, the receiver, as you hear it. Today, I'd like to speak about life beyond the valley. Just a few weeks ago, I shared here, about the valley that Ezekiel saw, and it was a valley of dry and dead bones. How God remarkably changed that. And so today, I'm believing as we hear the word, that the word of God will do a transformation work inside of each one of us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your word is life. We thank you that you are the the writer of the book that we read and that we study together today. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here to bring revelation and truth into our inner man. May today, Lord, be the day that we navigate through the valleys and go beyond. Father, thank you for the plans that you have for every person listening in. Father, bless every family, every home. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians church and he said to them in 1 Thessalonians 5.20, Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold to what is good. So God has chosen to speak through prophecy. His word, the Bible, is prophecy from Genesis to Revelation. It is all the way through. It's prophetic and it reaches into our lives today to bring transformation just a few years ago in fact when Rhonda my wife was 8 years of age she took herself to Sunday school, a little Anglican church was on the corner of her street and she would go there on a Sunday morning and took her sister with her and together they went to Sunday school for several weeks when Rhonda felt to invite Jesus into her life And so she asked the Sunday school teacher, could she pray the prayer to ask Jesus into her life? And so she did. Jesus came. She stayed in that little church, joined the youth group, and later found out about being baptised in water, and so she did. She found out about being baptised in the Holy Spirit, and so she was. And so she journeyed through into her nursing career, still pursuing the Lord Jesus Christ she completed her nursing and then took herself off to a Bible college just south of Sydney near Mittagong it was a three-month Bible course and so she signed in and attended and it was during that time that I too met her I went not to do the course but to do some practical work so Rhonda Continued her relationship with God and by pursuing what was the next step for her. Even though she came from a non-Christian family, her father was an ex-Vietnam officer and um, a non-Christian family, but she still had a hunger within to step through some valleys and come out finding God's strength and grace for her life. So it was that uh, she came to me after we were married and she said to me one day, she said, Ian, I have been reading the book of Ruth and it says in the book of Ruth uh, this, it says, um, I am willing to leave my family and to follow you. So Ruth was speaking to Naomi and Rhonda spoke to me and she said, Ian, wherever the Lord leads us, let's go for it. Let's go. And so she has always had that pursuing heart to pursue life beyond the valley. So today, what is happening in the valley of your heart? A few weeks ago, we looked at other valleys that could be including the valley of your family. There may be some unsaved loved ones that you would love to see enter into the kingdom of God, and you've been praying for them. It may be that you have a workplace where you have felt to prophesy uh, in there the life of Jesus and to believe for miracles to happen. And these are external valleys that I've described. But there is the valley of the heart and the valley of the mind that I would like us to have a look at this morning. David of old, he said to me regarding his heart, In Psalm 51, verse 10, he said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. It seemed that David struggled to examine his own heart, but he was willing to ask God to examine it on his behalf and to create a clean heart. And so it is that our heart, even though it's tucked away in a rib cage, we don't see it, it needs care. And oftentimes our spiritual heart is in the same position. Sometimes we've got to examine and explore it. And so David said also, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, I pray there is a sense that God will come and help us search and see what is inside of our hearts. I have a friend who has a shearing shed on his property and he took some photos of his shearing shed recently and um, sent them to me. Uh, His shearing shed stands out on his property and is used for shearing sheep, of course, and uh, for crutching and other reasons that are necessary to have a shearing shed. Inside his shearing shed, he has a wool press and equipment for shearing sheep. Out in the yards, and there are several of them, he's got one called a draft race. It's a narrow yard that forces the sheep, when they come through the race, come through single file so it takes a large herd or flock of sheep and brings them down into a narrow race and the farmer controls the draft gate it's a small gate it can swing one way or the other so that as sheep come toward it they can be directed into one side or the other a farmer may need to divide his sheep by age There may be some older sheep and the younger ones. And so he operates the gate and he's got a few seconds whilst they come toward him to decide which way he will swing the gate. The importance of this gate, he has to control it himself, the farmer. If he lets the gate go, the sheep will just wander through the race, get mixed up with the wrong ones. And it, it's, it's a mix-up. And it's not what he intends. And it's a very similar thing with the draft gate, with the valley of our mind. Our mind is determined to explore and find different things, but we need to operate what comes into our mind and we have been given that authority. Ezekiel, when he looked out over the valley, he stood and looked and saw It was dead. The valley was full of dry bones. And I want to link today our heart and our mind to be like a valley that if left unattended can be a place for dry bones. Dry bones will inhabit a space. And that space will be occupied. And it sometimes is things of the past Sometimes it's things that have happened to us that occupy and take up our mind and our heart. So Ezekiel, he was commissioned to prophesy into that valley. He stood on the valley floor and the Lord gave him the words to speak and so he declared them. And I'm going to read from Ezekiel 37, verse 7 to 10. Ezekiel Prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. This is the key part coming up. Also, he said to me, Prophesy. To the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied, and as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood up on their feet an exceedingly great army. Ezekiel spoke the prophetic word that was needed and God gave him the words to speak. Prophecies are powerful. Prophecies will bring life where there is death. Prophecy will stand up where things are laying down. Prophecy. He was instructed to prophesy and these real actual words That he prophesied resulted in a great army standing to their feet. Paul writes to the Corinthian church, he says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy. Jesus took sin seriously. In fact, John the Baptist was out baptising disciples when he saw Jesus coming towards him. Jesus, as he stood in front of John, John began to prophesy over him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus came to be the Lamb of God, the best that God could offer, the best that God could send was his son Jesus to be the lamb and then to take away the sin of the world sin needs to be swept away it's like being on the draft gate the draft gate is being operated and as it is it is dividing the good from the bad it's sliding out the sin from our lives as we reject it and as we embrace the righteousness that Jesus has come to bring and to give to us the wages of sin is death Jim Elliot a missionary to South America some 70 years ago said this sin will keep you from this book but or this book will keep you from sin the word of God is powerful so how do we prophesy into our valleys be it our heart or our mind what words do we use what do we speak what is the way through what will bring result and change these days I find when I must um, that there are days when I need to prophesy even over myself I need to take the word of God and begin to declare it over myself. I know that when I'm preparing a sermon such as this one, probably 80% of my time is given to preparing me. That is sorting out what's in my valley, removing the stuff that doesn't need to be there from my heart or from my mind. And then 20% of my time is in writing down the message to be brought. So these are great days that we live in where the valley of our mind needs attention and the valley of our heart as well. And so we read for Joshua when he began to lead Israel out of the wilderness. He was instructed and and, uh, encouraged to believe that this was going to be successful. We read in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth Joshua that is the word of God it you shall stay in your heart you shall meditate on it day and night that you might observe to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success so what did Joshua do he took the word of the Lord and he was instructed to put it in his mouth He was to take the word and speak the word as he read it. And so I imagine the next morning, one of his officers coming to him and saying, well, what are we going to do about going into the promised land? How will we take down this great city of Jericho? And here's here's Joshua, I believe, still reading the book of the law. You shall meditate on the law day and night. And his officer is standing wondering what's he doing? That's not getting an army together, but it was. Joshua knew what it was to take the word of the Lord and put it in his mouth and just keep declaring it because it kept his mind free and it didn't entangle him with negative or with death thoughts, but rather to see the breakthrough and the victories coming. I wonder, what is it that you are meditating on in your mind? What is it that comes to the top? What is it that's trying to speak to you as you meditate? What's going on? Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 9. I love this passage. And God is speaking here. He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. Church, we need his thoughts. We need to exchange our thoughts for his thoughts because God provides us with good thoughts. So today, what is your mind occupied with? In Romans 8 verse five, it says, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who uh, set their minds on the things of the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I want to encourage you to set, take the draft gate and set the draft gate of things that are coming towards you. Even Jesus had a draft gate in the wilderness, when he was led by the Spirit out there for 30 or 40 days. A person who rolled up was Satan, coming down the race towards him. And as Jesus saw the enemy approaching him, Satan, I I, I feel like Jesus took hold of the draft gate. I feel that he recognised who it was, and commanded and began to speak. And these are the words that Jesus spoke prophetically over Satan. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Satan had said to Jesus, I'll give you all the world. I'll hand it back to you if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus said, you shall not serve any other but the Lord our God. And so Jesus stood with his hand on the gate, swinging it to deal with the opposition or whatever it was that was coming against him. And so today, I believe we are in that same place. I want to encourage you today with what I do when I take hold of God's word personally. I'm going to open to Psalm 23 because I love to read this psalm aloud and read it with my spirit to get hold of it. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd. And this is the way I read it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is, not might be, not maybe, could be. He is. It's the ever-present future tense. It's the ever um, action word for a verb. It's is. It's always switched on. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though, and here it comes, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell, live, stay in the house of the Lord forever. And that stands me up on the inside. My valley is cleared, I'm ready to march I'm ready to walk against the Jerichos. I'm prepared, I'm strengthened because the Lord is my shepherd. Pornography hasn't got a chance. It's got to get past the shepherd. It's got to come down the race. I can swing the gate. I have control. I will set my mind on the Lord Jesus. Yes, we are given the prophetic word to declare into our valley and see it change. I remember a few years ago, my dad, I suppose we were talking about shearing sheds and things. Uh, I have a bit of a soft spot for shearing sheds and some stories, but I'm not going there today. Um, I asked my friend to bring a handpiece in. And the day came at home when I was about 15 and I said to my dad, my father, who was a farmer and had shearing on, I'd like to do some shearing today. And he was quite keen, happy for me to do that. And so I went to the shearing shed and sheep were ready to be shorn. And I was thinking in my mind, I'm gonna do my first hundred sheep today. (laughs) So, So I picked up the handpiece and put in the comb, put in the cutter and I oiled it up and then I attached it to the tube, the down tube then I reached in the pen and pulled out a sheep probably about three-quarter size not a big one and pulled it in front of me I positioned the head of the sheep under the arm and the foot of the sheep under this arm and then I reached down and picked up my handpiece and then I pulled on the cord which engaged it and then I started on the belly and so in my attempts to shear the belly I found it wasn't doing so good. For some reason, I was getting chaffy pieces come off rather than wool staples. I kept trying and I kept pushing and it just got harder and harder and the wool just wasn't falling off like my father's shearing of the sheep was doing alongside of me. I persevered. Perspiration began to roll down my head, drip off my nose. Never done that before. And I'm trying to hold this sheep that's kicking and by now it's got all legs going. That my father looked across and he came and he pulled it out of gear and he checked on the handpiece and discovered that the comb was in upside down. I had put it in the wrong way up. No wonder it wasn't. And so he put it in the right way. He put the cutter back in and oiled up, picked up my sheep, and away he went and he just finished it off beautifully for me. It has reminded me of many times when I've needed to release the control to my father because he knows. He knows what is best for me. He knows what is best in the journey, how to best handle the valleys, how to declare him as the Lord being my shepherd. I have great memories of those shearing days. There's many in this church and around that have been given prophecies before. And I believe that God wants to bring those prophecies back. He wants you to speak over them and declare over them the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. When Ezekiel called on the winds to come, the Spirit of God came and filled those bodies and they stood up. It's time to pick them up again, I believe, and because God is a redeemer God and He loves to restore what's lost and what's taken away. Jesus taught when He said, When you shall speak to this mountain that it might be cast into the sea, it's powerful what our voice and our tongue can deliver. Paul said to Timothy, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy, with the laying on of hands of the eldership. There's some here today you have lost sleep because of the things that are going on in your mind at night when you are in bed. I want to encourage you today to believe for those valleys to be cleared. And for good rest and good sleep to come your way. There is life beyond the valley. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that we shall know the truth. And the truth will set us free. And Father, we thank you for the many promises. We thank you for the many prophecies. We thank you for your word that speaks to us and guides us day by day. Holy Spirit, would you come? and blow and refresh upon your people today that that fresh breath of this your spirit will lift up and raise up a strong and mighty army father thank you that your word says that you have come that we might have life and have it more abundantly we thank you and praise you in jesus mighty name amen perhaps while we're just thinking for a moment there you may have a valley in front of you that is, appears to be full of dry bones. Can I encourage you today to release those valleys to God? And if you would like further help, please call the church here at Horsham Harvest Church. Uh, there will be someone ready and willing to help speak to you. God bless you. Thank you.